Hello, I'm Lydia. And I'm Chris. Welcome to Coffee Rise and Questions. This podcast features stories from the people we got to know while traveling. Because everyone has a story to tell. Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of our podcast, Coffee, Rice and Questions. Um, I'm Chris. Hello, guys. And I'm Lydia. I'm also here. Hello. <laughs> hello, Lydia. <laughs> no. well, hey. So, so nice of you to be here as well in our little hotel room. Yeah, guys. So uh, it's a new episode and uh, it is also a new place. Um, the last time we've been, what was our last interview? Borneo. Uh, on Borneo, right. Borneo. So it's not only uh, a new place, it's also a new country because we are already in Indonesia and not on Bali where we have been uh, for a couple of weeks, but now we are on Sulawesi, which is a bit more adventurous, I'd say, than Bali. And it's a bigger island than Bali. Yeah, totally. Sure. It's, I think it's the third biggest island of, of Indonesia, actually. Uh, what was your first impression when we arrived? In, um... My first impression was... Wow, <laughs> crazy. The thing is that it takes you, I think, like an hour to fly from Bali to Sulawesi, but it seems like no one's doing it. Like, we've seen like some people, some Western tourists, but most of them seem to just stay on Bali or go to Jakarta, for example. But we were brave enough, one could say. And yeah, the people, they like are really, really friendly. They wanted to picture with you. So we had like... A, Of a, like a couple of photo shoots actually so far <laughs> with the local people yes so we um, started our journey on um, Sulawesi in Makassar uh, which is in the south and we're making our way all the way to the north and since we had some um, yeah stuff to do like with the visa extension we stayed for a couple of days in Makassar actually which not a lot of people do and um, so we get to know some Some people in the park. Yeah. Some of them is uh, Yaya, which you will hear today. And yeah, we we hung out with them. Um, they showed us cool places. We interviewed the pod, uh, recorded the podcast together. And uh, it was quite special, I would say, because there are not many tourists in Makassar. Totally. Yeah. And I think there, at least I, I think they were also very happy to, to yes. meet us in a way as happy as we were to meet them. Yeah. Because like the day before we recorded the podcast, they invited us to go on a, basically on an excursion or a trip uh, outside of the town. And uh, we could jump on the bikes of uh, Yaya's English class because he's a uh, volunteer English teacher, I'd say, right? So they learned a bit English, we learned a bit Bahasa Indonesia, uh, and we learned a lot about the country as well and about the guys and girls who were um, yeah, doing the trip with us. Yeah, and um, yeah, you will hear Yaya speak a lot about um, his um, tutoring, um, and yeah, just to understand this, it's very important that like when you are, for example, in Bali, like a lot of people speak English because tourism is like a big business there and um, yeah not everyone in Sulawesi um, speaks English so um, I think it's very special for him that he's like teaching all these children like on a voluntary basis basically mm. um, even though I wouldn't say it's all children it's it's, not, it's, it's, it's more people in, in young their adults, early yeah, sorry, young, young adults yeah. that's yeah and um, yeah yeah That's, 
<laughs> that's all <laughs> the introduction uh, you need, basically. Yeah. Yeah. One thing which is maybe maybe interesting. I'm not sure if it like kind of like crystallizes in the podcast, but uh, Sulawesi is. I mean, that uh, will be clear that Sulawesi is um, an island of a lot of ethnicities. You have a variety of groups of people who live there. And basically, everyone is speaking a different language. Oh, yes. Oh, that's And important to say. Their, their main language, the Bahasa Indonesia, the language you speak in Indonesia, is a language that was invented in the 50s, that was uh, established in the 50s after their independence and they only like everyone only learns the Bahasa Indonesia which is like an easier language I would say they learn it in school so they learn Bahasa and some of them learn English but everyone speaks like a different language uh, depending on where they're from in Sulawesi so I think he maybe uses also the English as like a tool for communication not only to tourists or people from the outside, but also from people uh, for people from Sulawesi as well, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Like Sulawesi had, has like lots of different tribes and every tribe has their own culture and um, their own history. Then you have different um, religion that come into the mix and um, it's very, very interesting. I mean, we just started our journey here in Sulawesi. We're now in... Um, and Tanaraja. Tanaraja. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's also a very unique culture. We will talk about more like about it in the podcast and in this episode. And yeah, so you will get a good introduction about languages, cultures, religions of Indonesia. Right. All right, guys. Uh, then without any further ado, um, here is our fourth episode, I think, right? Our fourth episode with Yaya in Makassar in southern Sulawesi. I hope, uh, or rather we hope, that you enjoy it. Um, yeah. Until the next time, I guess. Yeah, enjoy the episode, guys. Bye. We're sitting here um, with... Yeah, yeah, and is it the actual way you pronounce the name? Yeah, that's how I pronounce it. Okay, <laughs> and Christoph. And Hello. And we're sitting in the city of Makassar, um, on Sulawesi, actually, Indonesia. And yeah, we met Yaya in the park a couple of days ago. And we did some fun stuff in the last couple of days together. And... Yeah, now we're sitting down and recording podcasting. We're actually sitting in your new um, classroom. Yep. Right? Because that's the room where Yaya um, wants to and will and is already actually uh, teaching. Uh, I, I wouldn't say children, right? It's young adults, people uh, our, maybe a bit younger than we are, yeah. but uh, people who want to learn English. Yeah, I also teach some people who are around 30 years old or 35 years old but I don't teach them here in this classroom I go to their houses like private students private classes mm. okay so but, but why do you why do you think it's important to speak English in Sulawesi ah oh, dude that's so important because you know if we don't know English or if we don't speak English it's kind of hard to find a good job or a better job because You know, when we want to apply for a job and then there are so many requirements, requirements, and then one of them is, you know, English. 
English skills like certificate or like we have to pass some interviews and then most of them are in English. Okay, but it's so it's not part of uh, how you um, like it's it's not part of the school curriculum then, or do you have school here? Uh, do you have like English lessons here in high school and uh, like before that? Yeah, we start learning English at school in elementary school uh, at grade four or five, sometimes earlier. It depends on the school. Like in the city, they started um, very early, like the first grade. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your journey. Um, how did you, because your English was very great and no. you like, started teaching <laughs> all these wish. people. Like what was like the journey towards that? Like how did that all start? So um, I started when I was a kid. I was kind of, you know... Because I grew up in a village in a countryside, which is about five hours from here. It is called Watampone, or people usually call it Bone. And then when I was a kid, uh, my mom gave me a dictionary and I started reading it. And I tried to find the words that I wanted to say in my own language. And then after a few months, I knew a lot of vocabulary and then uh, my aunt gave me a translator so it was like calculator but I could use it to find the words that I wanted to translate as well and then I asked my mom to put me in a English course I was like mom I really want to learn English and she was like Are crazy we are in a village you know very far from the city and it's expensive and I was like but there is in the city and then um, yeah so my mom sent me to uh, English course and then I had to take a busway or public transportation from my village to the city it takes about uh, 30 minutes or 40 minutes sometimes 40 minutes and I have to pay like 5,000 rupiah but you know sometimes it was hard for me to get home because I couldn't find public transportation and then some drivers didn't want to stop to take me because I was very very young I was like 10 years old or 11 years old and I was so brave because I went to the city and from village to the city, 30 minutes, and then I had to walk to my English course as well, about 20 minutes, just because, you know, I want to learn English, because I really wanted to learn English. And then, um, after graduated from elementary school, I asked my mom, and I was like, mom, I really wanted I really want to study in the city and then I studied in the city for uh, junior high school and senior high school and then um, I took English courses again and again I really focus on uh, English so to be honest I didn't really care about other subjects like mathematics, biology and others 
I just uh, focus on English and then I try to talk to myself a lot like in my home or in my room in a bathroom I talk with myself and then it's kind of habit because I'm still doing that okay I'm still doing that sometimes my friends are like hey what the hell are you doing <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm learning you know I'm practicing my English because I, I don't have or I didn't have uh, partners to talk with and then um, when I graduated from senior high school and then I went, I moved to the city to pursue my study and then I studied English and then after studying in, a, in the classroom I went to Fort Rotterdam to hunt tourists hmm. <laughs> almost that's, every day that's actually how it started yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that's how i started yeah and then i saved my <laughs> money so i could join the tourist trip so sometimes they want to go to you know like saudi sulawesi to raja and then i go with them yes okay? so, so you went as a guide with them ah uh, but i was like i'm not your guide i'm just a student okay but I can be your guide too because I'm a local mm. and so I can help you. So I went to Toraja with a lot of uh, tourists and then um, I also uh, got license from the government after doing that for three years because I know some touristic places, the cultures as well and then yeah the government gave me a license as a tour guide even though I'm um, more interested in teaching than being a tour guide but I'm like okay it's better if I have that license so I can approach tourists easily or easier and then um, I try to teach as many people as possible because that's how I practice my English as well so I can uh, use it every day And then I have like, oh, I've been teaching a lot of people. Were you just like talking to friends and they said, oh, teach me some English? Or how did it start? Like, like the whole teaching process. So because I am so talkative and extrovert, <laughs> you know, so like in university or in campus, I usually use English when I talk, even though actually like, A lot of Indonesian people don't want to use English. Mm. So Bas Indonesia, because if you use English, like, dude, you're Indonesian. Why do you speak English here? But I'm like, but it's important for me. Okay, so sometimes um, my friends ask me to uh, teach them after our lectures uh, teach us. So I teach them like grammar or um, TOEFL because that's uh, one of the most important things mm-hmm. uh, in Indonesia. So when you want to pursue your study, when you want to um, get your master degree, so you have to uh, score like more than five or above 500 in, uh, on TOEFL. Mm. Yeah. And is that like the, the dream or the goal of yours after you finish studying to become a teacher or what do you want to do? I want to be 
a lecturer yes. and then I also want to make my community bigger. I want to teach more people, more friends, more families. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Because I think my students are my families. And then I also have a plan to pursue my study abroad. I want to study abroad for master again. So I want to have double degree and then uh, doctor or PhD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds very great actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, you um, talked before about uh, Turaja uh, here. So that seems to be like one of the main reasons people come here because for us it's kind of interesting because we're right before we were in, in Bali and Bali is like ev basically like everyone knows it's just this giant tourism hub and a lot of people like drift to Bali um, but South Sulawesi and Makassar where we are right now even though it's like only one hour by plane from Bali yeah. is like totally different uh, in regards to tourism a lot of there's not a lot of people coming here it seems uh, or at, l at least a lot less than to Bali um, but yeah Toraja is like one of the places people could still come or people want to come or that's like the reason why people come maybe you can tell us a bit about Toraja and what it's all about because we don't know the, uh, that much about or that the stuff. listeners maybe oh, the listeners <laughs> all right so Toraja is so unique you know Uh, because in Sulawesi there are some tribes and we have Toraja, Buginis, Mandaris and Makassaris and then other tribes except Toraja they save their money for wedding party but Torajan people they save their money for a funeral ceremony and then when people die um, Torajan people bury the body or the dead um, the dead body or the dead <laughs> the body uh, in uh, like in the ground and also some bury them in a cave okay so and then like the graveyard is so unique because the higher the status you have the higher your a tomb or a grave Yeah. And then back then in the past, people used to. So, so, is that, so they are uh, like buried in, um, like on a cliff basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so and every kind, everyone can kind of see the caskets there as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can also enter the cave, and then there is a cave or place or touristic place called Londa. When you enter that, you will see so many. How do you say that? Coffins. Coffins, yeah, yeah, coffins, and then there, some of them are very, very old, and then you can also see some skulls. Mm. That's how they um, bury the, mm. the bodies. Yeah. And um, why do why do they do that? Do you know, like, why do they have such a big celebration about uh, the funeral and the death? Do you know uh, what the meaning is behind it? If I'm not mistaken, uh, because most of them are Christians, but they also have leaf called Aluk Tudolo. Okay. So it's kind of animism. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm not wrong, okay? Mm -hmm. But that's what I read or what I heard. So uh, Torajan people believe that when their families die, 
they are still around them, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And then um, that's why they have to make some events or big celebration mm-hmm. because uh, they're gonna meet in hereafter. They w- yeah, so that they won't get mad if they don't get, get a big party, right? If they, because they're still around. I mean, they are like, all right, yeah, yeah. There, there are some events, so maybe three events or, four, or even more when someone dies. And then um, they have to spend a lot of money because they have to kill some or slaughter some buffaloes and pigs. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, sound, it sounds so interesting, especially like not only Toraja, but also like all the different tribes. I remember when um, when we met, we also met in, uh, in the park at Fort Rotterdam, where you used to hunt tourists. Yeah. Where you hunted us. <laughs> 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 That's and how I kidnapped you. <laughs> and we, we became part of your English class and part of your group, which was so nice. Uh, but you also said like to us, uh, oh, we are, are we live? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alive. Okay. Ah. Um, but I remember um, because we were sitting there with all your students, and um, you said, "Yeah, we all uh, speak different languages, and we all have different like cultural backgrounds, even though we're Indonesian." And this was so interesting to me because um, uh, maybe you can tell a little bit more about that. Like, um, yeah, maybe a little bit. How does it affect maybe also your social life or is it even something that um that is that you feel like when you are interacting with different people or your friends that do you is it something that comes up that you have a different background or is it totally natural so in english enthusiasts there are some uh you know um people I mean, a lot of people with different jobs different profession because some of them are lecturers teachers and we also have headmaster and then students and most of them are sailors okay and then um they decide to join the community because they want to find good positive funny fun environment so they don't lose your they don't lose their english okay because they have to use it mm. and then um most indonesian people who are able to speak english fluently or have a very good english they went to international school and then to go to international school is not easy uh, it's so expensive mm. okay and that's why i think that okay maybe one day I'll make international school which is more affordable and mm. um, so we have like free weekly meeting every Sunday and then everyone uh, or anyone can join that that meeting so sometimes we have like um, students or teachers as well they, they actually studied English but they're like okay I, I think I lose my English because I never practice it and then I also make my students you know become more confident so I want them to try to practice their English with 
uh, people from other countries, not only with Indonesians or with the locals, because I think it's so different, you know, when you usually practice your English with uh, people from other countries, you become more confident and then you learn more because sometimes I ask my, my friends uh, from other countries, I'm like, okay, please, if you speak with me, don't think that I'm Indonesian. Think that I am from Europe or from your hometown and then you speak uh, naturally, okay? Mm. Um, and also usually tell them, I'm like, uh, please correct me if I make mistakes in English. Mm. And then when I host them, it's so funny because we stay in the same house, you know, and then I have to use English and Bas Indonesia. I have to switch my language sometimes because when I speak with uh, the tourists or the backpackers that I met, I have to use English. But when I have to speak with my cousins or my sister, I have to use Bas Indonesia. So, but that's so interesting. And then I also think about the you know the poor people because it will be very very hard for them to get a better job one day if they don't know English and then I feel so you know like so sad when I see like people wanting to learn but they don't have place to learn or they don't have money yeah. Mm. Is it, it. Isn't it like that um, the Bahasa Indonesia, the, the like the main language, so to say, of Indonesia, is also yeah. something that people uh, are learning in school, right? So it's not like, I mean, I would say like German is uh, like our native language, and uh, we kind of learn it when we grow up because our uh, parents speak the same. But here in Indonesia, like every region has its own language. Yeah, that's so true. So there's like Turajan <laughs> language in yeah. middle Sulawesi and there is Buginese right uh, here in, in, in South Sulawesi. So they are basically learning their, their, uh, like their native language, so to say. I mean, no, or like, like the, their second native language. Yeah. So, uh, we have thousand languages here. So, when you're Indonesian, at least you know two languages. So, when you're Indonesian, at least you know two languages. Uh, the first is, the most important thing is Bahasa Indonesia. And the second okay. is your local language, a language that you learn at your home or... Uh, at your neighborhood or environment and so different with Torajan. I don't understand Torajan. Yeah. I've been living in Makassar for five years and I don't understand Makassarists when they speak. Okay. I understand some words but still when they speak you know very fast I can't I can't understand them. Hmm. It's very complicated. Do, do, do you know why? Why? Uh, what's like the reason for that? To have like these languages that are so so different, because I also read that in Indonesia you have like sometimes islands and the, like in the middle on the island there is like a mountain or something or like a mountain ridge you can't cross over. So you have like two ethnic groups on the same island, but they don't have like the, the same language at all. So it's like totally totally different. 
it's not like even in the same language family. <laughs> it, it's one of the hardest questions to answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's so hard, you know, because we have so many uh, island cities, and then sometimes in one island, people speak differently. Yeah. Okay. They have their own accents. But you don't know why. Do you? Or do you? Do you, could you think of a reason why that could be? Or not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not sure. I, I would say that maybe the colonials. But you know, we don't speak Dutch. Yeah. But is that something like when you talk to your friends or like and some of of the group of um, English enthusiasts are also um, Torajan? Is that something that comes up or is that uh, something you talk about or you feel sometimes there's like a cultural difference because people are from somewhere else in, in um, Sulawesi uh, a little bit? Or? Uh, my friends and I usually discuss uh, about it, discuss language, especially because I am uh, studying linguistics. You mm. know? So that's what uh, we usually uh, talk Uh, it's also because of borrowing, you know, so we borrow some words. Uh, I think because the words don't exist in our um, country, and then we borrow from uh, other countries. Mm. For example, like knalpot, we borrow that word from uh, Dutch, and then kalambu. We borrow that too. But then, I think that like Bugenese people or Torajan people or other tribes, they didn't know how to say that and then they name it. Mm. Okay? So, some say, for example, uh, for example, house. Okay, we, we say house. But like Bugenese people say bola, but Makassaris people say bala. And I don't know uh, how Torajan people say that. Mm. So different, but sometimes similar. Sometimes similar. Mm. Yeah, but you also told us that it would be totally difficult that a Torajan people would marry um, a Bugenese one, right? So, yeah. can you tell us why? It's about religion, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, about because okay. most uh, of Bugenese people are is are Muslim. Yeah. And then most of people uh, in Toraja or Torajan people are Christians. Mm. So we have different culture, okay? And then uh, sometimes like Muslim people or Muslim parents don't want if their children marry um, women yeah, yeah, from yeah. other religions. Yeah, okay. So it's more about religion, not about the tribe per se, but yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it's about uh, religion, but sometimes people still do that, mm. especially when they, like, maybe they don't care about their religion or something, so they just marry a um, person from other religion. Yeah. It's, it's harder if you are a woman, like, mm. if you're a Muslim, a female Muslim, And then you are going to marry a man who has other religion. But if you're a man, like a Muslim man, and then you want to marry a girl or a woman from other religion, it's easier. 
this year because uh, we believe that men are the leaders okay and then um, so in Islam uh, your leader has to be men mm. that's what I have learned mm. and Usually, may I ask, um, when it comes to marriage, is it like, um, are you free or have your parents like some say in it or how does it like work or can you marry the one you love? It, you know, you know what I mean or how yeah. it, you don't have to answer, but you can if you, yeah. We have to get, or it's better if we get the agreement from the parents, from the parents. okay, because we want to, uh, we want to make party you know mm -hmm. and then if the parents don't agree mm -hmm. okay so who's gonna come to the party okay. yeah. or who's gonna pay who's yeah. gonna pay for the party yeah. okay but some people they run away like they go to other island and they are married there mm. but so uh, it's not unheard of that but they don't get along well with their parents <laughs> yeah okay right? and i don't want to do that yeah like, sure I have to, if I am going to marry a girl, I have to talk about it with my parents. Mm. If my parents agree, then I, I can marry her. If my parents disagree and I really love her, I have to uh, convince or persuade my uh, parents to believe what I, what I believe, what I want, you know. Yes. Okay. So you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Just make your parents believe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with us, I think. <laughs> yeah. We have to make yeah. our parents really? believe that, it, that it's okay to quit your job and uh, go travel for a year. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But what do you think about like living in Makassar, like as a city? Um, do you like it, or like because you're not originally from here? Could you yeah. see yourself living somewhere else in Sulawesi? What do you think? I feel like foreigners sometimes when I go back to my village. Yeah. Okay, because most of my friends are here. And then, yeah, my family is, are in my hometown. But I think one week is enough to see them. Mm. Since I moved to, since I moved in Makassar, I've never stayed at my village more than one week. So it's so different because mm. other students, they, they go back to their hometown and then they stay for one month or, or even three months. But I prefer to stay in Makassar because if I go back to my village, it's kind of hard for me to speak English or practice my English because I have to use Bahasa Indonesia for sure when I talk with my parents and my family. Uh, and then... Um, I don't work there. Sometimes I visited English courses and I tried to teach, but I prefer to stay in Makassar. What else makes Makassar special to you? Your friends and learning, like teaching or speaking English? My students. Your students. Okay, my students and then people around me, you know, and then um, the education actually because it is better than in my village. That's why I move. And then more options here, mm. like more to do and to see, okay? And then my hometown, uh, there are not many 
things to do and to see. So it's also like the trend in Indonesia, I could imagine, for like younger people to go in the big cities, right? Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of uh, yeah. youth that uh, uh, come to the city. Yeah. I think that really is like a general thing worldwide Probably, because yeah. we have like the same thing in, <laughs> in, in Germany as well. You know? like, especially both of us, we're coming from the eastern part yeah. and there you have like a lot of rural areas and like small villages and like all the older people, they stay in the villages and uh, people like us, and we did the same basically, we go to Berlin or to the other bigger cities and no one like really stays in like the small towns. It's actually a problem sometimes yeah. for the villages because all the young people go away, but there are not many options. So I also grew up in a very small, like you grew up like more like in a small town maybe. It's mm -hmm. not big, mm -hmm. but it's a small town. Uh, and well, it was like a bigger town at some point yeah uh, but then like the uh, there was the how do you say it in english like uh, after after the fall of the soviet union you know like the eastern and the western part came together of germany and a lot of people from our city left and we were like 100,000 at a certain point in the 90s and then afterwards went down until 40,000 so more than, around like half of the city just left uh, yeah yeah, I don't know. A, I don't even you? know how many, maybe a thousand or two thousand inhabitants. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's not the smallest village, but it's far away from like a bigger city. So um, it was nice growing up, you know, because you have like out of nature and stuff like that. But there is like at a certain point when you have to study, you have to go away because there's no university, and um, so people leave. Some of my friends actually. Um, that old now that some of our friends are actually moving back because they want to I don't know um, be closer to their parents to their grandparents or actually like have a family of their own and they want to do that rather in, like in a small town or village than in the city but yeah it's hard for some of them they can't really move back because they can't really work there you know there's no jobs that are really like because yeah it's more like city jobs Is it something you could imagine, maybe, to go back where you, uh, like, to your, to, to older, your village yeah. where you were born and, like, teaching them English? That's what I want to do, actually. So, first, I am away from my hometown, you know, mm. because I want to learn. Like, I want to experience a lot of things. And after that, one day, after um, accomplishing my study, getting degree, and then, yeah, I want to go back to my village and That's I want to nice. contribute. I want to teach people so they can also compete with people um, in the cities because a lot of people in these cities are shocked you know like yesterday i met the owner of this house and she was like so where are you from and i was like i'm from a village she was like really you're from a village but how can you how can you uh, work in the city you know and then maybe she thinks that the education there is you know uh, not really good and then she was shocked because i can earn money here, I can go to college, okay, and I, I have a good networking, and, and, but yeah, that's what I want, I want, uh, I want to make it like equal, okay? mm. so just because you are from the village, it doesn't mean you don't know English, it doesn't mean you are left behind, it doesn't mean you don't, uh, you don't have a right to succeed, okay? because yeah. I know, you know how hard it is Uh, if you uh, grew up uh, in a village yeah. and also like in the city what I like 
because I become more independent. Mm. Yeah, but we have to have self control because a lot of um, people in a village, you know, they come to the city and then they have kind of culture shock here because maybe in a village they never see pop, you know, they never see bar or club, and then here they're shocked. Wow, what's that? I have to try it, and then they drink a lot. They try to smoke, maybe do drugs, and then their life yeah. become. <laughs> But isn't really yeah, that really sounds like Berlin? Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Berlin is probably next level. Yeah, but around here, I mean, there's not. I didn't see much uh, drinking or club clubbing. Uh, or, but there is. There are. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many. It's okay. only because we go uh, to bed at 9 p.m. Yes. All the time, <laughs> yeah. like old people. <laughs> And then, you yeah. know what, like, there's also why a lot of uh, villagers, they don't want their children to go to the city. Mm. Because they are afraid of that thing. Mm. Okay, like, okay, don't go to the city, don't study in the city because, you know, uh, my friend's daughter, uh, she's pregnant uh, because she lives in the city or mm. she's studying in the city, yeah. like that. <laughs> so there's one pupil coming in yeah. <laughs> of you. Uh, he's one of my students yes. from Taraja. Can you, from can you close the door because of the noise? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what else would you like? I mean, you you are from the villages, but you say there's like a lot of uh, options here to uh, in the city to work, but. Like on the contrary, what would you do when you would stay there in the village? Just like be a farmer or, yeah. or own a shop and like sell sell stuff uh, to farmers, give. Yeah. Fishermen or sailors. So sailors. Yeah. yeah. Not sailors, yeah. but seller Sell like they selling things. Selling, selling yeah. things. Okay. Like a vendor. Yeah. 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 I read like we started to read this book. Um, I forgot the name, but it's um, like under the moonlight of Sulawesi or so something. It's, So it's a it's, it's a it's an American guy who lived here in the 80s and he was doing like some government projects and um, he's just telling like stories that he experienced when he was here and um, he also talks about the Buganese and um, how they were like sailors and like um, yeah like a little bit about the differences he, when um, he was telling one story then he was on a ship with people from from Java. And um, there was a big storm coming, and everyone uh, like was very afraid, and they thought like the gods were angry. So everyone threw out like um, like some gifts for the gods, like their food and their stuff. And the Buganese people were like, "No, no, don't throw out the stuff because the water is coming in. We have to sail the storm." And then, but they didn't stop because the storm didn't stop, and they threw out all, in all the jewelry because they were like, "No, the gods are still angry." And the Buganese were like, "No, we have to sail the storm." And it was like just he said like so visible like in the story how the like like how the cultures clashed in that uh, sense because the Bugunis were like always on the sea and so they were like comfortable with this situation but the people from Java have never been off the island before so they were really scared and yeah just yeah so the book is called The Light of the Sulawesi Moon from Joel Levine oh do you have the PDF of it Yeah, I think it's on um, Amazon. It's, yeah, you can. can We have it down. Amazon. 
Yeah, we, yeah, we will. We will so, so he was like, out. he was in charge. I think he studied something with agriculture back in the US and then he uh, went to Indonesia and he was in charge of like the uh, rehabilitation program, so to say, where people like poorer farmers from Java uh, went to, um, to Southeast, sa southeast yeah. Sulawesi. Mm. And uh, so he has like these small stories about how complicated it was to like mix Tarajans with boogie, uh, with boogies, Buginese people and uh, stuff he learned. Like, because they also had to like uh, re repopulate basically the area with with cattle so they were buying cattle in australia and were bringing it here and uh, then people like were throwing all the cattle overboard so there was like 500 cattle in the sea why did they do that <laughs> uh, because of the corals because of the coral reef and the buginese like fisher, f uh, the fishermen who like the transporters so to say they said okay we can't go on the shore because our boats will crash in the reef but no one told him so they would just came at 2 a.m. in the morning and were just like throwing all the cows in uh, in the sea. I just went. Really? It was Balinese cattle and... It was, so, it was Balinese so, cattle, yeah. So they could swim, actually. Ah! So, so they, it was like all these little things he couldn't quite make a sense of it because yeah. he was no not familiar so familiar with the, with all the cu different cultures and then he said like it was like yeah it's like a puzzle you know and which each like situation he learns more about the people about the customs and about um about how things go and it, it's actually i mean we haven't finished the book but it's uh, actually it's, it's very interesting yeah it's a nice yeah. story and it's back in the 80s because then it's also different right because like our generation we still have stuff in common because we are on the internet and like you know it's just we kind of act the same way because we're like same generation almost so and um i think Yeah, back in the 80s, it was very different because yeah, people were not that connected yet. I think. Yeah. yeah. But what, what do you think? Yeah, because we also read in the book that uh, back in the 80s, when he went to like more remote villages, it wasn't uh, unheard of that like smaller children they were like crying and screaming because like uh, Bule was coming. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. And I was like smiling because um, when we arrived here in Makassar and Sulawesi. Um, Like when we arrived at our hotel, it's just like a small hotel, and um, everyone was just um, giggling, you know, and like, yeah, like yeah, very. Uh, and I was like, Christoph, why are they making fun of us? I don't know. Like I was really insecure. I was like, what's happening? He's like, I don't think they know English. It's fine, you know. It's just they're like happy to see us, you yeah. know. <laughs> Didn't like, you feel like a monkey in the zoo, and then everyone? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. And, and they want to take pictures. I think it you. just. I think the difference was just because. Before we were on Bali, and it was so different because there were only tourists, you know. Oh yeah. And now it's, it's just different, you know. And it was I wasn't expecting it, and. Um, it was like a bully overload in, yeah. in Bali. <laughs> because we like what we don't have, you know. And then a lot of people want to get white skin, sharp nose, color eyes, blonde hair, tall. Um, Like like you guys, so when you're here, you look more gorgeous, you know, like, wow, that's what I, I want to be like that, I want to be like him, I want to be like her, white, so white, because if you're white in Indonesia, you look more beautiful, okay, mm. but if you are so dark, you don't look 
more you don't look so beautiful mm. but if you have more money even though you're dark it's okay, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, mean, always, is... it's always about money okay? yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah a lot of Indonesian people spend a lot of money on skincare because they want to whiten their skin they wanna, or they go to a hospital for surgery or operation because they want to sharpen their nose like mm. a lot of celebrities here do and yeah they're so crazy they, they want to be like you guys and i think that people in europe they come to indonesia because they want to see sun and you go sun bathing and under the sun so you can get brown skin right yeah right that's the thing that's a bit crazy actually because we everyone in europe or central europe wants to get gets darker yeah. basically and people here and also I think it's not only Indonesia it's basically in Asia right you have like a lot of cultures uh, that want to get like white skinned uh, I mean it's the same in Japan where like you have the geishas and they like have like this white makeup as well yeah because I think in Europe for us it's like it's a sign of that you are rich enough to or like have the freedom of taking vacation you know and like you don't have to work all the time I think this is like a sign of But it's like the same. Oh, like well, sign. It's also yeah. like a sign the, here. Yeah, right. Yeah. When you are white, it means that oh, you have a better job because you work in an office with air conditioning, mm -hmm. or you don't you don't work outside, you know. Yeah. But if you're like sorry, the same if you're black or so dark, maybe your job is not really good. Like you're a farmer, you're a fisherman, mm -hmm. and then you don't buy expensive skincare mm -hmm. lotion, mm -hmm. yeah, like that. Yeah, for it's us, crazy. it's the other way around. You know, because like every job uh, is like indoors, so you have to have a good job to be outdoors. So it's just the other way around, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's interesting that you say that because I think that people want to have what they can't have. Like the saying, yeah. the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. That really mm -hmm. is like a, I think like a human condition in a way. Like uh, to, or, or it's, it can be hard to be content with what you have. Yeah. I think. Actually, like, the first time I didn't care about my skin as well because I was like, okay, I hang out with a lot of uh, bullets, you know, mm. white people, and they say, yeah, yeah, we love your, we love your skin, you know, and I was like, oh really? And then I stopped caring about, you know, uh, my skin. Like I was like, okay, I don't want to buy expensive lotion because I don't want to be white. I like my skin, but then. Uh, when I hang out with my friends from Indonesia, they are more light, you know, they are lighter. They were like, yeah, yeah, stop, <laughs> stop traveling, you know, stop going to island in the afternoon and it's hot, you know. Or they're like, buy this sunblock, you know, or buy this lotion, buy this skincare. Yeah. Seriously, like, I look like, you know, nightmare for Indonesians because it's I'm so, so black right now. It's really <laughs> Because... Yeah, like, I usually go to Rama Rama, like, the cars, you know, like, and it's so hot. But, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. But other Indonesian people, they're so lazy to do that. They're like, yeah, yeah, can we go in the afternoon, like, at four o'clock? We can still so hot <laughs> if we go right now. And then we wear jackets, we wear jackets in the afternoon when it's hot. We use globes, we wear globes, and then also... Uh, I'm not sure it's uh, English or not. Uh, we call it buff. Yeah, so yeah like, like we, we scarf. Yeah, we cover Almost, yeah. we cover our neck, and then we wear uh, sunglasses, so helmet, sunglasses, buff, and then, <laughs> uh, gloves and socks and shoes. 
Yeah. yeah. Because so it looks like you're going to, uh, for skiing a bit. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so hot. I was I was thinking that when we because uh, we did a trip together the other day, we went with you and your students to Ramang Ramang. Yeah. And um, we went there by motorbike, and you were so kind, like we could like ride with you on the on your bikes, and everyone was very very. Um, Yeah, had like like this long sleeves on, like but really hoodies almost. And I was like, maybe it's for protection because if you fall with a motorbike, that's also like a thing. Um. But then, <laughs> okay, maybe it's also because of the sun. Yeah. We want to protect our skin from the sun. Yeah. Because we don't want to be bullied by other Indonesians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the trip was really cool. Like the Ramang oh, Ramang. Thank you. I really liked it. I like yeah. feel like it. <laughs> You didn't like it? I hope you, oh, you, I, hope. I hope yeah, you like yeah. it. No, it I'm really so good. happy. I'm so glad. I was a little scared because we went, uh, but then when it went dark, like it's maybe, yeah, tell a little bit more about Ramang Ramang. It's this karst uh, area, yeah, right? And you can go there, uh, like it's a little village and you can go there by boat and there are also like some, some caves and stuff like that. And we went to this one cave. It was already dark. Yeah. And that was actually pretty cool, I think, mm. because I usually don't like, uh, like caves. caves. <laughs> no, but um, it was actually pretty cool. But then we kind of got lost somewhere, and the boatman wasn't there, and we were like, "Okay, <laughs> where are we now?" Oh, but yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah, still, yeah. it was so great. Yeah, I really liked it. What I really can't uh, say thank you enough, guys, because you know you helped me a lot actually because you went with. Uh, You went with yeah, Arif yeah, yeah. and you went with Alvin, you know. And I was like, Arif, Alvin, you are with them for, let me say, four hours. And then if you don't practice your English, you're such an idiot, you know. <laughs> you don't need to go to international school or you go to Java, for example. Because a lot of people in Sulawesi, they go to Java because they really want to learn English. Uh, there is an um, English village. So, mm. like, people usually go there. I wanted to go there as well when I was in college, but my money was not enough. So, I decided to go to Port Rotterdam to hunt tourists. Okay. <laughs> And then, uh, one of the best things that I've ever got is I met an English guy. Okay. He's from England. He lives in London. I hope you listen <laughs> this. My best friend, I really thank you. Uh, and then we stayed together because first, uh, when I moved uh, to Makassar, I stayed with my family. And then, I, yeah, they're so nice to me. They're so kind, but I was like, I want to be more independent. And I asked money uh, from my parents, but they didn't want to give me money. They didn't want me to stay in a, a room like this or homestay or boarding house. They wanted me to stay at my family's house. But then um, a friend of mine, Josh, um, he rent he rented a house or room in Makassar, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you can stay with me if you want because you don't have a home." And then I was so glad. I was so excited because I could stay with him. You know. Why he stay here? Because he was dating my one of my friends. Okay. <laughs> he was okay. dating one of my friends, so he stayed here longer. So he stayed here for almost one year, almost one year. So imagine I learned a lot from him. I even learned how to swear in British. <laughs> <laughs> 
What happened after the year? Are they still together? Ah, they... <laughs> uh, they broke up after two years. Wow. Okay, but we're still friends. We we still keep in touch. Uh, still uh, helps me seriously. He's such an amazing guy because uh, I usually ask him whatever you know, like when I don't understand something. And then I also have a best friend from America, and I hosted her for two months as well. And then I learned a lot from her. So when I stayed with Josh, I learned British accent. So he doesn't like my accent because he was like, "Yeah, you speak like Americans." No, it's very American. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, actually, the first before I met you, like last year, I I tried to speak like British people. But then after meeting my friend Stacy, I learned American English, and then I speak like this. And I think that this is more natural. This is more natural. So yeah, I prefer to speak like this. And also, if you speak like British, uh, and your teacher, it's so hard for your students to yes, understand you, right? Yeah. So you have to speak clear, mm. like or a teacher. So your students. Yeah. yeah. You can't talk like this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but my or in British. Won't <laughs> understand me if I speak like that. Yeah, true. They don't want to be in my community. Um, but yeah, you talked about uh, like this guy Josh, and yeah. uh, that he was dating. Um, so he was dating an Indonesian girl. Then yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it like a thing that you have like uh, like these couples like Bule and Indonesian couples here, or is it <laughs> or does it happen but not that often? Yeah. It's rare. It's rare. It's common in Bali or yeah. in big cities like Jakarta, but in Sulawesi not many. You know, so when you are. Uh, when you marry a man or a woman from other countries, sometimes you go viral. Like everyone starts <laughs> talking about you. You're in the media, okay? Like newspaper, TV. Really? Yeah, you're invited. You know, <laughs> because like, how do you, uh, how do you love each other? You know. And then, but it was kind of hard because the first time. He was dating her, and then she couldn't speak English. Mm. So it was like. I was dating him, you know, because I talk too much. Okay, <laughs> I I know him more, I know him better than her because uh, when I'm when so, I was so you had to go on the dates with them. Yeah, huh? <laughs> so, so, so it's like love triangle love, yeah. <laughs> like a love triangle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when I was not with them, you know, and they they were hanging out, and then they were like, yeah. yeah Come to us. You control our life, you know. <laughs> But I started to teach the girl uh, for a few years, and then she couldn't speak. And uh, now uh, she can speak English, and then yeah, they can hang out without me. So I'm not like third wheeling anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, a messenger of love, seriously. <laughs> kind of, but some people still judge you, you know, <laughs> if you do that because you know we have very different culture. And yeah. A lot of Indonesian people have stereotype. If you're bule, you just want to have sorry sex, okay, with Asian girls. You don't really love them, and then one day he or she will leave you, and then uh, yeah, I was judged by a lot of uh, people. They were like. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. You know, you're stupid. One day, she will regret. You know, because the man will leave her. But I was like, it's not my business. You know, like, mm. um, we cannot stop people to 
uh, love each other, you know, mm. and then it's not my business, and then I just help them, and they are my best friends. So yeah, and I also learn. So I was kicked out from an English course because of that. Really? Yeah, because so, you were helping the yeah. interrelational couple. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was kicked out. Maybe they're kind of radical, for example, or uh, very very strict. So. They really hated me, and I was bullied as well. And I didn't have a place to learn English anymore. At university? Uh, no, at Fort Rotterdam. Uh. At Fort Rotterdam. So I was like, okay, I have to spend money again. I have to find other English course so I can learn English. I can find new friends, you know. So that's also why I created English Enthusiasts. Mm. Because you know, uh, it's a bit, bit of irony there to have yeah. like an English speaking group or English teaching group, and they're like really against bully or like this. So it's like it's okay to uh, to learn the language, but not to like get to know the people in a way. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like, if you have a comment, maybe don't get to know them too good. But yeah. <laughs> it was so sad, actually. It's so yeah. sad. Uh, we still don't get along well. I still uh, don't get along well with my teacher's wife, but and they are at Fort Rotterdam as well. They also have English course, and we study at the same place. We study at Fort Rotterdam. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. You know, you know, I. Sometimes I hang out at Fort Rotterdam alone because I couldn't join that group anymore. Mm. And then, but yeah, I did it. I still went to Fort Rotterdam yeah. even though I didn't join them anymore. Then yeah. I found more tourists. I hang out a lot, yeah. and I know more local people because I usually upload pictures or videos on my Instagram or on my social media. And then a lot of people become more uh, interested in it, you know. They usually ask me, yeah, yeah, how can I join your group? Okay, okay. all right, let's start. Mm. <laughs> let's start. Let's start making an uh, English course or community. Mm. Yeah, that would be my, like, my next question. Like, how, how does it work? Um, because are we, uh, how many, how many peop uh, pupils do you have? Oh my god. Like and how do you get how does it work? Do you just like publish it on Instagram and people come to you and say, "Oh, that looks fun. I want to, I'm interested in, in Instagram joining." Instagram as well uh, because I have taught so many students. So I started teaching when I was in senior high schools. So I have a lot of friends in Makassar and then uh, they all know that I am an English enthusiast. So I'm crazy about English. I speak English like 80% a day. Okay, even though it's not perfect yet, but why not? Okay, like... Do you dream in English? Huh? Do you dream in English? Sometimes I, you know, like sleep talk. <laughs> in English? Sleep talk yeah. in English and then I wake up, what the... Like, <laughs> seriously. Because, you know, people say when you start dreaming yeah. uh, in the language uh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. supposed to learn, then you, like, start to, like, ingrain it. Uh, I dream in English. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it, it's also hard when I, uh, when my mom and my dad come to Makassar. And sometimes when I speak with them, sometimes I mix Basque Indonesian English. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, I was not supposed to use English when I mm. talk to my mom. So every day, English and English. 
I spend like maybe eight hours a day to learn English. Mm. So when I go home before I sleep, I watch YouTube, I listen to podcasts or audio book, and then I start reading English books. And then in the morning, I got to college. I learned English, taught by some great lecturers at university. And after that, I go to my classes. You know, I teach English, and I have to speak English. Or we hang out at Fort Rotterdam, and we hunt, we stop tourists, and we speak English. So English, English, and English. How many tourists actually come here? Because like we had the impression, or have the impression, that it's still like not that many. Yeah, not that many. But they usually come to the fort, right? Like, yeah, they usually yeah. come to the fort. So sometimes when I hang out with my students at Fort Rotterdam, sometimes we don't find tourists. <laughs> <laughs> but I usually prepare some topics. So we still discuss in English, uh, but we have to stop it when we see white people. Oh, white! Oh, target! You go, you go, you go. Take them. <laughs> Bring them to me. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people like the tourists coming to Makassar. They are not going to Makassar actually. They are going to Toraja or they are mm. going to North Sulawesi. But then, it it's just like transit for them. So. Sometimes when they're transit, you know, they go to Fort Rotterdam or Losali Beach. So after Fort Rotterdam, we usually hang out at Losali Beach as well. And then studying there. And then, yeah, when we see tourists, we also stop them. Okay. Um, actually, uh, sometimes, you know, um, some people get angry with you if you do that because uh, you're not tour guide, for example. Mm. And then a lot of tour guides saying that, oh, don't do that because you know um, it's not your job. You know, maybe you give wrong information. But luckily, because I've got a license from the government, so I'm free to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm free to do that. Do you have to do a test to get like a license? Yeah. Or? So oh. we have to know the culture, uh, like cultures in 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 Sulawesi and language, touristic places, like the itinerary. Uh, to get there, how much money should uh, the tourists spend to get there? Okay. So it's like a written test. You have to write something, or is it like you just have to talk to someone and? It was easier for me because, like the interviewers or the people giving tests, are you know my uncle's friends and they already know who I am you know, okay. because yeah. I hang out at Fort Rotterdam before having that uh, test so I started hanging out at Fort Rotterdam in 2014 and I got a license in 2017 mm. so people at Fort Rotterdam are you know bored with my face <laughs> because they usually see me as a bully hunter <laughs> It's all okay. <laughs> Sorry. Alice Clark. Alice Clark. Yeah, and you also, you also know some German phrases. I'm thinking about hiring a German teacher or tutor, but I'm still looking for... Maybe you find some something online. I mean, there are like probably classes or people that want to like... Sh like Maybe even I someone. You're somebody who wants to learn more Indonesian. Actually, I think that's also yeah. a cool idea. And just find someone that you can exchange a little bit. I found or I met someone who's interested in learning Bahasa Indonesia. But the problem is, he doesn't want me to 
uh, use English or he doesn't want to teach me German because he wants to learn Bahasa Indonesia. So I have to teach the Bahasa Indonesia. Yeah, you have to have like some hours in Bahasa uh, Indonesia and yeah. then some hours maybe in German. So yeah, but yeah, can be tough probably, yeah, I guess. Because one of my uncles is really fluent. In Germany? You mean? Yeah, in really? Germany. Yeah, in how? Norwich. How? How He's also a tour guide at Fotoladam and then he is. Is it Mr. Benny? No, no that was the like boat guy. I know. But the other one who told you that you're beautiful. Oh, that's right. Yeah, what a nice guy. <laughs> He's like like yeah, this was this other guy at Fort Rotterdam, and he talked to us, and his English was very well. He was a little bit older, <laughs> and said, "Are you really German?" And Chris said, "Yes," and then was like, "Yeah," because usually, uh, only the when it's a German couple, only the wife is, or the, the, the lady is beautiful, but not the guy. But you guys look really decent. <laughs> okay. He spoke after you spoke with my students, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he's actually one of my teachers. Yeah. Or one of my seniors in, um, at Photo Rotterdam. Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah. I joined his class and then I was kicked out. Oh, ah, that's because I was class. naughty. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's his class. Okay. Sorry, sorry, if you listen to me, I apologize. <laughs> I'm not a kid. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, speaking of being naughty, um, we, we talked a bit about uh, like the law that is going to be set up in Indonesia. Uh, is it okay to talk about that? Or? It, it, it is okay. I'm not mastering it yet, but <laughs> it's okay. I like talking about politics sometimes. Okay, okay. Be because um, maybe let me just rephrase it and please, please jump in if there's something wrong, okay? Okay. So, <laughs> as I understood it, there is a new law coming and yes. um, it mostly is about, it's not only about, but like one part of it is to, uh, um, how do you say, like to, uh, to outlaw having sex before marriage. And it's forbidden by law then? Because I think that all the religions here uh, are not allowing people to have sex before mm. uh, they are married, right? But it's so hard to control, you know? <laughs> And But as I know, maybe a lot of demonstrants don't... Uh, know this or haven't heard this I heard that you're not you will be caught or arrested by the police if someone reports you yeah. mm. like your husband or your wife okay but if no one reports you you're not gonna ar be arrested you know? yeah because we were wondering what that would mean I mean also for like the whole tourism industry yeah. like you know I mean also because it like, also counts for foreigners yeah. as well yeah I think it's not a good idea to uh, if we have that law you know because uh, a lot of we we are visited by a lot of tourists you know but if we mm. have that law for example imagine I think people's uh, people are scared Like people don't want to visit us because they don't want to follow their rules. Yeah, because if it's forbidden by law and you can get arrested or something, that's actually a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. sure. Are you afraid of being arrested? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not to say. I'm more afraid of the traffic. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, kind of, there's like other problems with that. So it's not really about like the sex per se, I would say, but more rather about also the lifestyle of young people in a way because like when you think you have like big cities like Jakarta and yeah. uh, you have like a high rent and people have to live together in uh, 
like different or i mean you lived with other people or you lived with josh in like some sort of uh like how do you say in english uh, like a wohngemeinschaft in german yeah like, like a, um shared flat like, yeah like a, just shared like flat. a shared flat yeah. so and if you have like two friends a girl and a guy and even though they're not a couple or they're doing anything it's like some i mean there could be like the danger of someone saying oh that's not right what they do yeah 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 yeah. if you're in a village it's more strict for example you're not allowed to stay together with your girlfriend if you like sleep over mm -hmm. uh, and then a couple and sleep together in one room maybe you're gonna be arrested by the people so the people come to uh, you and throw you stones mm. or wood it happened a lot mm. okay here so you would say they're like the, the like the thinking that it's not okay to have sex before marriage even though it wasn't like outlawed they were the, it's still it's already existent anyway yeah But um, it is more like a social rule to not do it, but there's no one like controlling it until now. If it is like this, it's okay to have sex before marriage and uh, no one reports you. I think I still agree, okay? But if, you know, Like you have sex without marriage and then no one reports you and then people come to you and arrest you. I think it's not a good idea because everyone has their own belief, you know. Mm. Like not only Christian, not only uh, Muslims here in Indonesia. Maybe some are atheists, for example, and they mm. don't really care about it. Yeah. Okay. But if it is like you're... Will be, you will be arrested if your if your wife or your husband reports you. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I like support. If you that. cheat. Basically. Yeah. If you cheat. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Okay. So, but but would you say or do you think that it's still like understandable that you have like a long uh, uh, a lot of like young people in, or younger people, let's say, in like bigger cities to protest against it? Yeah. So. Because there was like a lot of demonstrations and protests. I wish I could right? join. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wish I could join, but you know, I had to go to college as well. Yeah. And then my lecture still came. So I couldn't escape. Yeah. <laughs> my tuition is so expensive, so I can't skip my class. Yeah, sure. Sorry, my friends. <laughs> I didn't join you. Yeah. And some students of mine joined. Okay. Uh, like yeah. Wahid and then Sanjaya, the, the one who's from Bali. Yeah. He also joined the demonstration, and I was like, "Dude, where are you? We're gonna study at four o'clock." And I was like, "We are so tired after demonstration." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, good luck." <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have that in Germany right now, like demonstrations uh, against. It's called like Fridays for Future. Fridays for Future. future. It's like against like uh, it's not a, it's not a demonstration against climate change, but it's uh, rather against uh, our government that's not doing enough. Mm. Uh, for the protection of the environment, basically. And I think you have something like here, because a couple of days ago we saw like, pro, uh, like, like people protesting yeah. with like signs for a safe the planet and such. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, Fridays yeah. for Future uh, is like a worldwide, Friday, yeah, it's yeah. a worldwide thing that is happening. So I, was, um, I think it was nice to see that's also happening here. It was like a small demonstration, but people were like with signs like save our planet and... I think it's a nice thing that's like um yeah everyone is like basically 
part of it or part of that movement or thinking about like our future like together yeah. oh, anyway I do that as well because I also have group in Makassar couch surfing mm. so I'm not only hunting tourists at Fort Rotterdam but I'm also hunting tourists on uh, couch surfing <laughs> yeah. and then uh, we also have some activities like charity for example or beach cleanup Mm. And we did that too. And then we try not to use uh, plastic. So when we hang out, we usually bring our own straw and our reusable bottles. Mm. Yeah. So I would say there is like something uh, like... I'm really missing English words today. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you stole all my English words. Uh, no. So, so but you would say that uh, it's, it is like a theme or like a topic for young people to think about that. Yeah. Like, uh, protecting the environment. And yeah. Like now we are really taught mm. to uh, protect our uh, environment, mm. like not to use um, plastics, for example. And then um, we also uh, we are also taught about like climate change. Yeah. You know, because I think it's getting hotter and hotter. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think also like just like everything is getting more extreme as I've heard it. You know, like mm. you have like more severe droughts, but also like more severe like rainstorms and the water is rising. So I think maybe especially for a country like Indonesia, where you have like a lot of islands, like 70,000 islands, stuff yeah. like that is, I think, way more important than, let's say, Germany, which is like kind of safe in like Still, the, in yeah, Central Europe. You don't know what will happen with storms or anything, yeah. but it's not as extreme. Yeah. yeah. But I think like when, like when the, sorry, but... <laughs> We, we did a mark on like uh, stronger language, right? So uh, when like the shit hits the fan, basically, I think people in Germany are relatively safe compared to yeah. like other, uh, yeah. other countries. I'll uh, say that. Like, it's true. Yeah, totally. You're, you still can see a lot of people you know, on the street that's all rubbish everywhere. And sometimes I shot or scream, I was like, what, dude, what the hell are you doing? You know, don't do that. Yeah, because... I don't, there, we become so selfish, you know, because, okay, it's okay if you throw this bottle because uh, in the morning some people, you know, will take it like, or how do you say that, like rubbish collector or yeah. what? Yeah, clean up person. Yeah, like, like somebody, the garbage man. Yeah, somebody you know, like the street, yeah. Rubbish, yeah. a garbage man. Yeah. yeah. What would you say is like the, main topic uh, of Indonesia right now <clears throat> because for example like protecting the environment is like a big topic in, in German or in Germany it's also protecting our uh, environment too yeah. especially uh, rubbish that's our one of the biggest problems in Indonesia rubbish and corruption <laughs> 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 rubbish and corruption they are the biggest problems here mm. Okay. But is there also something done against it in a way, or um, like are there like government programs, stuff like that? Because we all know that like democracy can be slow. Yeah, there are some. There are some programs that the governments do. Mm. Okay, and they're still uh, making more programs. Like maybe one day uh, people are not allowed to. Um, like cover the cakes with plastics anymore. Mm. I think it's in it's in Bandung, but 
Uh, now, uh, the change is if you go to um, like the markets or the shops, and then you have to buy uh, you have to buy the plastic bag. Mm. Mm. But back then, we didn't buy the plastic bag. So nowadays, people are like okay, I don't need that plastic so bag. So small because, changes, yeah. yeah, same with us. Yeah, yeah. Slowly, but yeah. Just, yeah. just to like show people that you can choose not to take it in a way. Yeah. So I think we have also like this some symbolic sum in a way. It's like one cent or like five cents for for a plastic bag. Yeah. So it's yeah. And I was also like, back. sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> it was also like uh, two or three days ago there was a festival. So if you want to enter the festival, you have to bring a plastic or bottle. Mm. So mm. that's the ticket. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, there are some events in Indonesia. Yeah. It's so easy to get in or join because we just need to bring some plastics that we uh, take from uh, like on the street. Okay, so you bring some rubbish and yeah. put it somewhere so that the streets will get cleaner, basically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And there's also some communities uh, they uh, recycle, you know, so they put like plastics in a bottle. And then they make tables or chairs. Mm. Okay, yeah. yeah. We kind of. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear that. I mean, obviously, like a lot of countries have like these different programs and different ideas regarding these like main problems of society. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it counts for Germany as well. But like, if you when you're in some places, like like I said, in Germany as well, you don't really have the feeling that something's changing. You know, <laughs> because like. Some people live like pigs. <laughs> Dude, we yeah. don't want to move to Mars. Yeah, but, <laughs> but maybe we have to. <laughs> like a hundred years, yeah. Um, maybe like one of the last questions, uh, if that's okay with you, Lydia. Uh, what, what do you think, why should people come to uh, Sulawesi? Well, what is what is so special about this, this, this place where not that much people go, actually? If you want to experience like local stuff you know come to Sulawesi because if you go to Bali you will see tourists tourists uh, tourists uh, you, you know like also other big cities like Jakarta Yogyakarta more tourists there but here not many tourists and then uh, the view I think more beautiful natural and uh, we have uh, we still have some strong cultures, you know, like culture in Toraja and Buginis culture and then there's also Kajang. Kajang is a remote area and we have nice beaches, uh, cleaner, um, we have mountains, a lot of waterfalls, a lot of islands as well and like amazing spot to dive. And also the people are more friendly, I think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we just arrived, but I have the same impression, actually. So it's like, I mean, we've been to Bali and um, you've been to Indonesia, Chris. I mean, like, but I think it's like we have a very good, we had a very good first days here, I would say. Like meeting people just very naturally. Meeting you. Being oh, hunted by you. <laughs> no, but uh, it's actually, I like that, yeah, you have like as a tourist more like the feeling to be... Even though you're like, um, you have the feeling you're different because there are not many tourists here, but still you have the feeling that actually people want to show their culture and they want to include you and they want to show you yeah, stuff. Yeah, they really want to show you. The other day we went to this restaurant 
um, for lunch and we just ordered like some rice and some noodles you know we just ordered some cheap options and they brought us like all the different stuff like yeah, yeah you have to try this you have to try this yeah. and we we're just like okay i think it was called uh, okay. mm, okay, okay. like these fish fish sticks with uh, sambal like like pressed fish and then you have to, like like this like uh, spicy peanut sauce or something in, in, a, in, a banana, in a banana leaf. In a banana leaf. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're special, they're special food from Makassar or from maybe. other island, maybe. <laughs> because we have so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's actually really good. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on in the kitchen here, that's true. Oh, and also, you, you, you made us try um, the choto. Choto. Choto, yeah. Yeah, which uh, was very, very delicious. That's right. It's like maybe you, you, you tell what is choto? That is a beef curry, and uh, we usually have it with sticky rice covered by leaf. It's, it's so delicious. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bit like the, the German uh, Rindereintopf, which yeah. would be like. Uh, I also have the same. Not the same. It's a little bit different, but it's like also like a very like a stew. You know, like a soup. It's very hot. You usually eat it more like in the winter time when it's cold outside. And here, especially, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the winter I mean, time in Sulawesi. No, but back in Germany, yeah. But it's yeah. it's not the same. It's it's different, but it's like kind of like yeah, same idea maybe of a dish. But the yeah. shoto was really good, especially like when we were like eating it, like we also were very, very hungry after the long day. And so it was really good. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe do you want to uh, pluck something from uh, like, what is your Instagram channel? Because like for the people who yes. guys who, who are listening and who are looking for like a nice experience, a very nice trip to Ramang Ramang. Uh, uh, yeah. Meet uh, Sulawesi locals. Yeah. yeah. So guys, if you're here. Or if you have a plan to visit Indonesia, please come to me. <laughs> please let me know. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, English Enthusiasts MKS. MKS stands for Makassar or English Enthusiasts Makassar. You can use that hashtag as well. Yeah, we will do once we publish it in yeah. the future. Yeah. yeah. And I hope I can uh, get more volunteers like you guys from Germany. So I can also learn uh, your language and also your culture. And yeah, meet new people. The more the better. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I really have to say that, I mean, we when, when did we start? We started at noon. We were invited to um, join your very nice group of around like 15 people, 15 students. We, uh, we like jumped on their bikes and it was like a very good option, I think, for us to maybe learn a bit Bahasa Indonesia, yeah. but also to learn uh, a lot about like, um, yeah, everything around here basically and to see some and hidden places that yeah. you might not find exactly in lonely planet or internet exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, whoever uh, hears this and whoever wants to go to Makassar or is already here who knows uh, uh, hit uh, Yaya app and uh, we uh, can guarantee that it's going to be a very very cool experience really uh, <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Thank you very much thank for, you. for everything. I for thank you. <laughs> I can't say thank you enough, guys. I hope you enjoy your trip here in yes, for sure. Sulawesi. Please stay longer. I'm sure. It can. <laughs> I'm sure it can. It won't be better than. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, then thank you very much for listening uh, this episode uh, with Yaya here in Makassar in South Sulawesi. Uh, 
that was Christoph. Goodbye from my side. Lydia, goodbye. Danke, auf Wiedersehen. Ja, ja. It was ja, ja. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Hello, you guys. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. If you have questions for us or our guests, or if you just want to see where we are right now and what we're up to, you can find us on Instagram under Coffee Rising Questions. Again, thanks for tuning in and stay curious.